Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Final hour in this Wednesday, we'll talk to the commissioner of Major League Baseball, Rob Manfred. Opening day is tomorrow. All 30 teams will be in action starting this season. Make sure you sign up for the DP Show newsletter. Comes out every day, 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific. Recaps everything that happened on the program. Also, we'll uh, give you a heads up on the new batch of moonshine that is coming out next week. Stat of the day brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. And the best golf in the world is played here. The PGA Tour goes to the Lone Star State, the Valero Texas Open, next Saturday at 3.30 Eastern on NBC and Peacock. We get phone calls coming up. Poll question for the final hour of the program. Then we'll bring in the commissioner. Seaton, do you want to go uh, what we were proposing there? Good idea, bad idea, and make a poll question out of those. Sure. Terrible idea, good idea. I just don't know how to do the review one in as few characters. Oh, okay. How do we parse down the wording of? Um. Why don't you guys? Why don't you guys? Talk amongst yourselves while I talk to the commissioner of Major League Baseball. We'll talk offline. Because the commissioner is, everything is on the clock with the commissioner. So there's there's an answer clock there for him, and uh, we'll see if he goes past uh, 20 seconds. Rob Manfred, baseball commissioner, joins us. Good to talk to you again. Commissioner, how are you? I'm good, Dan. How are you? And if you really want me to answer in 20 seconds, I'll do my best. But, you know, I have a way of going on a little bit. (laughs) Help me understand the pitch clock and why it's now being enforced when we've had the pitch clock. Why wasn't it enforced? Um, It was a question of getting an agreement with the Players Association um, to actually enforce the clock. We had it out there kind of as a guideline to try to move people along. Uh, but obviously this year enforcing it with the ball strike penalty puts it in a whole different light. Give me the feedback that you've gotten pro and con on the pitch clock and the the hitters clock. Okay. Um, First of all, fans um, overwhelmingly supportive of the change. Um, There was a Seton Hall poll, independent poll that was done um, recently. 80% of fans thought that the new rules were an improvement in, in the game. That didn't really surprise us, Dan, because the rules from the very beginning 
were based on fan research about what they wanted to see in the game, better pace, more action, more athleticism of our players. Um, in terms of player reaction, um, I've met with Tony Clark. I've actually met in small groups with players from six teams. Um, somewhat surprising to me, the player reaction to it has been on the whole positive. The, the core of having the clock, um, players seem to be supportive of it. Um, the issues that players raised, I, I consider them to be, you know, around the periphery, certain kinds of plays, you know, a pitcher um, has to cover first base. He needs a little extra time to get back to the mound. The bullpen in Colorado is a long way away, and we need a little more time to, to get in from the bullpen. We have made adjustments in response to some of those issues that the players have raised, and we'll continue to seek player input as the season goes on. Why larger bases that look like pizza boxes? This is kind of an interesting. I don't really think they look like pizza boxes, but um, you know, they they, they no, are a little commissioner different. sponsorship. <laughs> yeah, well, there is that. Come on, um, <laughs> we did once do a little. Oh, oh I know that. Places that didn't go that well. <laughs> Was that if Spider Spider Man? Uh, didn't go well, but. I, I would think I think baseball just strikes a deal with, you know, Pizza Hut, and there you go. I wouldn't hold your breath on that one. Okay, um, all right, fine. But all right. the original thought on the basis was wholly safety-related. Um, two different issues. One, you know, plays around first base when a pitcher's covering. you got different players converging. We thought more room was a good idea. Also, the profile of the base, right? It, it, the old bases were so high, the potential for misstep around them w was pretty high. Interestingly, when we went to the bases, um, I think I think the only one who actually predicted this was Theo Epstein. The even the small change in the size has actually um, made the running game more appealing. There, there's more attempts and the success rate has gone up. So, you know, when you change something, you may get effects that you didn't foresee, but hats off to Theo. He actually thought that was going to happen. Yeah, and I love it. This has been my knock uh, for you know, a long, long time that, you know, the nuance of baseball was being lost. It was, I'm going to throw it really hard and you're going to swing really hard and that's Major League Baseball. And you're trying to tell a new generation that's not the way the game used to be played. It, it was hit and run. There were bunts. Uh, there were stolen bases. and I think one of the reasons that the reaction, both fan and player, has been positive to the changes. And, you know, this is an institution that, you know, change is not our long suit in terms of accepting it. Um, I, I think that people have come to understand that the game had evolved over a period of time and that, we have tried to position these rules, and I think accurately, as an attempt to restore the best form of the game on the field. What are you doing with the old bases? Could I get one of them for the man cave here? I'll tell you what. We'll send you one. Right. How about that? I like that. You want it signed or unsigned? I want it signed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I want it signed. Um, what are we going to do with the, the neighborhood play? Now that the bases are bigger, you know, should we get rid of the neighborhood call here? There, there, there's been um, a, a, a lot of conversation um, surrounding the neighborhood call. I, I think that um, one of the things uh, that's important when you have replay is we have never asked the officials to ignore something they see on replay. It, and it, it comes up mostly with plays around second. So they used to ignore the guy coming off the base, right? Um, when you see it on replay, if he comes off the base, they call it. I think the neighborhood play is the same sort of issue. You got to touch the base. And I think once you start down that slope of telling people we're going to have replay, but some of it we're going to ignore, that's a dangerous place to live. What do you think of allowing us to listen in on replay? You mean the actual conversation yeah. in the room. Yeah. Um, well, we, we do have a, a, a little better transparency on the room this year. Um, it does not include live audio. Um, you know, I think that it's important to give the replay officials an opportunity to have a free exchange of views um, before they make the call. I don't see us going that far. We are going to have more insight into what it looks like when replay is going on this year. You could charge. You could charge like you know, NASCAR lets you listen in on the pit crews. 
Like your your favorite driver. What if you? I'm trying to make you money here, Commissioner. Yeah, I, I appreciate the suggestion. There's just some places where um, I, I know some doubt this to be true, but there's some places where um, making a little extra money just not worth it in terms of the risk to the game, and I think that's one of them. How much of this is going to be your legacy? I think the rule changes. I, I, I'll be honest with you, Dan. I, I'm bad at legacy questions because I don't think about it very much. I don't know why, but I don't. Um, I do think the rule changes um, based on the reaction that they've generated will be an important part of it. Yeah, and, and I know you're being humble, but I'm looking at this where we bring in rule changes or you know somebody does something and there's this seismic shift 30 years from now. We're going to be... We'll be talking about, you know, the game and where the game is. I mean, it's really important because I thought baseball was at a crossroads. I mean, I thought you guys were really lagging far behind. And the little changes, I thought, I watched more spring training baseball this year than I have in a long, long, long time. And yeah, it's be, 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 my heart good. <laughs> yeah, but but these were all positives. Now, I'm not big on the shift. I think a major league baseball player should be able to put the ball in play the other way but what made you say let's get rid of the shift i saw the shift a, a couple of things i think the shift um had a disproportionate impact on certain kinds of players number one um number two i th- i think it resulted in balls that historically fans were used to be seeing as base hits being outs and that's not good for the game um, number three, you know, I, I got a great group of former players that work with us here, Raul Abanya, CC Sabathia, and, you know, I, I take a lot of um, guidance from them on these issues. And, you know, what they were saying to me is, you know, it, it, it's harder to hit that ball the other way, uh, particularly on the ground, which is what you're looking to do, than mm-hmm. people realize, even for a major league player. Last, I thought it was low risk in the sense that from a fan's perspective, the reaction is going to be, oh, I'm looking at the field and it looks like the field I looked at when I started watching the game in 1976. You know, I mean, the game would look the same. So there's not a lot of risk associated with that one. Talking to the commissioner, Major League Baseball, Rob Manfred, all 30 teams will be in action to start the season tomorrow. Help me understand you as commissioner, when you see a spring training highlight, Social media sends it out, the Phillies game, where the catcher is reaching back for the ball and then thinks the umpire is going to throw it to the mound, and then all of a sudden the catcher gets run. When do you get involved or do you get involved in a play, a moment that went viral? Yeah, a play like that always, always um, attracts attention here in the commissioner's office. Um, the attention that it attracts is a lot faster than it used to be because it you know, shows up on your phone. You don't have to wait for somebody to, you know, say, you know, gee, Rob, this happened. Um, we, we, we try to pay the, uh, attention to them. And, okay. Do you uh, place a call? No, I do. I ordinarily, okay. I mean, it would have to be a really big problem. Okay. Ordinarily, I would not. I mean, I, I have great Mike Hill, um, the former, um, General manager in the Marlins is an SVP of baseball operations here. He deals with the umpires on a day-to-day basis. Um, you know, Mike usually will check with me about what he's going to do, but he, he does a great job managing that group. Okay, but how does that happen? Like, what was done in that situation? Look, I, I, I think that the problem with explaining what happened in that situation is that um, there was – I think there was communication prior to the play that played a role, and we don't know exactly what that communication was. And, you know, maybe a little overreaction by, you know, a young umpire. And, you know, again, a a learning experience for everyone involved. Help me understand this, that we allow umpires to have their own strike zone. Well, it feels that way, Commissioner, that... Remember, we'd go, Eric Gregg, you know, he's really friendly here and give you the wide strike. Or, you know, when Maddox is on the mound, you're going to get those calls here. But Yeah, I think that we are – I certainly was around during that era, and I can say unequivocally um, that starting back when Sandy Alderson was here in the commissioner's office and I first came in, we have made great strides in terms of promoting the consistency of the strike zone that's called by umpires. 
Um, our young guys are, you know, outstanding on this because they've grown up in a system where they get reviewed, um, you know, on a daily basis, literally get every missed call with a video clip showing them the missed call after the game that they must log in and watch. And it has promoted consistency. Um, you know, it's way better than it was. Um, the, the question is, the question is, you know, what's the next step, right? I mean, do you go further in terms of the use of technology? Because we do have the technology that literally calls the rule book definition of the strike zone perfectly. I talked to a minor league umpire, and he said after a while, the players, they're fine with it because they want it called correctly. And I just see that you can have umpires but when it comes to balls and strikes, it's almost like tennis. It, right. Is it in? Is it not? And there's, yeah, I, I, what do you think? I think, I, I think this. Um, I think like everything else, um, there is some misperception as to exactly what the system is. Um, you know, I get emails from fans regularly saying, you know, why do you want to have a robot umpire? Well, we're not going to have a robot umpire. We're going to have an earpiece in an umpire's <laughs> ear that tells them what the right Although call is. Although a robot umpire would be pretty cool if you want to get the younger audience, Commissioner. Yeah, well, there, there is that, but um, that, that's not how the system works, I, I, number one. Number two, I think that um, there are Again, in the unintended consequence category, there is concern that a certain type of catcher who kind of makes his living framing pitches, that you're de-emphasizing that part of the game. That's an issue we need to think about. And then the the, the last piece, um, you know, right now, if you look at the data, the umpires call kind of an oval strike zone. Yeah. They don't call, you know, inside, outside, um, on the corners. And um, that can have an effect on offense in the game that we need to really understand. See, I think we're, I think it's coming. I think it's just a matter of time that we'll have this. And I think, once again, you add the video component to this, Commissioner. And we love bells and whistles. We love that stuff. Yeah. Although I am worried that we have the hitter's clock and the pitcher's clock, and then we have everything else on the screen. Are you worried it gets too cluttered? During yeah, the broadcast, look, well, we've we've worked extensively with the broadcasters. Um, we, we've kind of reached an understanding that the clock will be embedded in the bug, the scoreboard bug that's already on the screen, um, because we don't want that clutter uh, of the pitch clock obstructing the view. And we're going to be very careful of, about um, the present game presentation of these changes. What's the coolest thing in your office? The coolest thing in my office is actually around the corner. Um, I did a speech at a small college in New Jersey, and there happened to be an artist who specialized in baseball players who was an alum, and he did me a, a, a portrait of Mickey Mantle, who was my favorite player growing up, and it, it's a pretty neat thing, a pretty neat thing. Did you meet Mickey? No, I, my first game was in um, that I saw live. I was 10. Um, I saw it live in Yankee Stadium in August of 1968. Um, they lost to the Twins 3-2, to two, but Mantle hit a solo shot from each side. I only know now, <laughs> thanks to Mr. Courtney, that it's the last time Mickey Mantle ever hit two home runs in a game. So, so my first game was a pretty good one. <laughs> Doesn't, does Otani feel like Mickey Mantle? Or Babe? I mean, is he, how big yeah. is he in your eyes? I, I, I'll tell you... Um, Maybe the right word is presence. Um, there is a presence about Shohei Otani that is out. I mean, really out of the ordinary. Um, you know, he he's um, bigger than people realize in, in real life, um, and he has a real presence about him. Um, he carries himself with a kind of grace that you don't always see in athletes. Um, we're, we're lucky. He's a special one. Why do I have to wait a few more years now for the WBC? Um, you know, look, it's a, it's a question of how often we can go to the well with the clubs and convince them that they ought to let their less, best players go while they're trying to get them ready for the season. 
God, um, I, I, you know, it, it, it was great. You got sentiment on your side, and I, and I do think that sense of pride that we lost to Japan. And, you know, it's like when we lost the America's Cup. We didn't even know what the America's Cup was until we lost it. I'm like, damn it, we won it back from Australia. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I, you're growing I the game. With that. Yeah. I agree with that. And I hope, um, look, I think that um, the tournament was a rousing success from, from our perspective. Um, you know, the fact that we had games on, the, you know, Big Fox, where you had four and a half people, four and a half million people in America watching it. We had games worldwide where 65 million people watch. It's the most that's ever watched a baseball game, any kind of game. Yeah. Um, those are big wins for us. I think, um, you know, Tony Regans, who put the U.S. team together, did a phenomenal job. And, you know, hats off to Mike Trout. Um, you, you know, Mike committed early. He served as the captain. He recruited other players. We did great with the position players. And I hope the next time around we can build on that and make sure we have our very best pitchers. And uh, maybe, maybe the gold medal will be the U.S.'s the next time. All right. I'll wait to get uh, the base signed by you, and we'll put it well, up in the man cave. All right. Listen, have fun tomorrow. Fun. All right. Thank all right. Thank you. All That's right, uh, Commissioner Rob Manfred. We'll take a break. We're uh, up against commercial break back after this. Sleep number, sleep number and performance. You can hear it in my voice. I got energy every single morning because every great day starts the night before. So why wouldn't you invest in a great bed? And I'm very lucky. Sleep number 360, I-10 smart bed. Right now, lowest prices of the year ever. You can save $1,200 on this bed, plus special financing for a limited time. Why choose proven quality sleep from Sleep Number? So you can be at your best every single day. Ask about Sleep IQ technology. Ask about how do I get my sleep number? What's involved in that? Eight out of ten couples prefer a different mattress firmness. Also, the Climate 360 Smart Bed actively cools and warms on each side, keeping you sleeping comfortably throughout the night. They thought of everything here. And Seton's wife snores all the time. Sleep number oh, has man, a solution. Last night. Yeah, just for them. <laughs> That's in the copy, by the way. It says wow. Seton's wife snores all the time. Uh, right now, sleepnumber.com slash Patrick or a Sleep Number store subject to credit approval. See sleepnumber.com for details. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.
The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. Intelligence runs in the family. Innovation runs in the family. Extraordinary runs in the family. The Mercedes-Benz range of SUVs. Every member waiting to impress. Learn more. MBUSA.com. Uh, got some phone calls here. How about Bob in Youngstown? Hi, Bob. What's on your mind today? Hey, Dan. Uh, nice to be back on with you from my last call where I had a T-shirt idea that didn't go so well for you. That's okay. Um, but I'd like to make up for it. I'd like to not be voted least valuable caller of the year if I can avoid it. Um, earlier in the show, uh, you were discussing the number zero now being permitted on football uniforms, and I wanted to bring up something that Todd has on his desk. If you look, he has a stuffed animal or a pillow of some kind. It's a Denver Broncos something with a number zero on it. Yeah. Um, now, seeing as last week Seaton brought up that he's you know been a lot more negative lately and he noted that the number zero has a negative connotation. I wonder if there was any some sort of subliminal messaging going on there from the Todster. No, I don't think so. I think that that's uh, somebody sent that in. It's been there for quite some time. Yeah. And I didn't even realize while I was bad-mouthing zero that right under my chin, basically, is this Broncos zero jersey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I do have a correction. I think it was uh, yesterday, day before, where we were talking about Caitlin Clark and women's basketball game. And uh, we were talking about that uh, the women's game is the quarters are, you know, what, four minutes shorter and it turns out they have uh 20 minutes 40 minutes in length yeah yes Pauline. i have a correction to your correction okay i gave you that piece of information i was watching high school basketball that's recently right. yeah. and i got confused that it was eight minute quarters versus 10 so that's on me yeah but that's okay yeah you me when when we win we all win when i lose we all lose well, yeah. or Paul does, but yeah. I'm not going to take that L, but... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not on your docket. Yeah, I mean, I just... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I was trying to fall on the sword because I'm the one that said it. But that then... makes me feel worse that you get the blame for something you did not do wrong, I did wrong. Oh, you know, Tyler goes, oh, there's somebody who, who's really upset that you don't know uh, women's college basketball. And I go, why? He goes, uh, they, they, don't, they play 40 minutes. And I go, okay, all right. I'm, I'm more embarrassed than you because that's all I watch this year with my daughters. <laughs> I go to grade school games, high school games. I watched uh, you know, a, a 20 women's college basketball games this year. Yes, Todd? I'll also add, since we're just all opening up here and taking responsibility for things, when I first heard that, it didn't sound right to me, but I neglected to do anything about it, and I just assumed that that was right instead of checking what I thought might not be accurate about the eight versus 10-minute quarters. Your moment to correct Paulie. And you didn't take advantage of it. I did not. I'm like, well, he watches, like he said, he watches so much that he's got to know that. I and guess did, I'm wrong. He did say it with such conviction. He's really like, did. He always hey, does. imagine if Caitlin Clark played, you know, her games were as long as the men, which she would average. He I says go, everything with such conviction. <laughs> I believe everything. And I go, oh, okay. And then I brought that up. And then all of a sudden, you know, some people responded, I thought you watched college <laughs> basketball. I, I do. I, you know, Emi. If we're going to list the things I've said wrong on air on this show, we're going to be here a while. Uh, yeah. But we acknowledge, I mean, I, look, I, you're, I'm with you, you're with me every day. And you make mistakes, you admit to them, we move on. It's when you don't, and you're like, no, I never said that. <laughs> yes, Mark. But isn't that on brand to kind of leave somebody else hanging? Oh, like, here? Fritzy could have corrected him. Mm. He's like, you know what? I thought they played four 10-minute quarters. <laughs> would, why would they play a different number of minutes in the men's game? They just split it up. I guess Paulie must know what he's talking about. Time to play the net worth game. This is a fun one, Dan. Okay. I don't know if we have music We for have this. all kinds of games today. Do we have any music? Okay. It's from the people who brought you the career salary game. Salary, 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 Net worth game. Net worth game. Okay. Net worth game. Workshopping? Yeah, okay. What's the net worth game? All right, 
These two men are in the, in the uh, always in the headlines and a lot for their business acumen and different things. Who has a higher Ooh. net worth, estimated net worth, Magic Johnson or Michael Jordan? And before you answer, this is estimated by Forbes and other people. It's what they actually have in money and what their total investments, the liquid value of this. So it's, it fluctuates. Now, Michael Jordan has not sold his interest in the basketball team yet. And he's not interested in buying the commanders either. No. So Michael has a lot of money on the way, but he does not have that NBA sales money yet. I'm going to say Magic Johnson has a higher net worth than Mike Jordan. Yes, Eden. I think Paul is deliberately trying to throw you <laughs> off. I think it's not even close, Michael Jordan. Okay. All right. Marv? I'm going to go MJ. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, Michael Jordan. Oh, okay. Magic Johnson, oh, MJ. See what I did, huh? Yeah. Mm, mm. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, that was great. What? Yes, Tom. I'm going to say Jordan, too, but by not as much of a margin All as right. we may think. All right, All right Paulie. Irvin Magic Johnson has had a lot of major investments. Starbucks, I think he owned over 100 Starbucks at one time. And he's also interested in buying the Commanders. Yes. Part of the group. And he could do it. Uh, he's, okay. He owns 24-Hour Fitnesses, TGI Fridays, AMT Theaters. He sold a chunk of dough. I think he had 4% of the Lakers at one point. I uh-huh. think he sold it. Yep. He sold a bunch of Starbucks. Right. Estimated net worth of Magic Johnson is $700 million. Oh. Uh, $700 million. Yeah, and then that's not in Mike's, Mike's territory. Michael Jordan. Oh, boy. Perhaps you've heard of him. He made less than $100 million on the court. His estimated net worth is over $1.8 billion okay. from corporate partners with Nike, Haynes, mm. and Gatorade. Mm. They, they, his value is now actually going way up because he may sell the value of his basketball team. Mm. He also, his income is guaranteed. It doesn't fluctuate. His Nike income actually goes up every year. Three years ago, it was $90 million. This year, it's like, like one fifteen. Mm. So, uh, Michael Jordan, you're looking at $2 million, and six months from now, it could be $5 billion? But is he happy? Hmm. His boat is happy. He's got... He's got everything, but does he have everything? Very valid question. Thank you, Todd. Still puts his pants on the same way we Yeah, do. he does. He, and he keeps adding partners. Like, he partnered with DraftKings three years ago at the right time. Yeah. Michael is raking. Yeah. Right. But is he happy? That's the net worth game, then. You right. think he reminds uh, Magic all the time of how much richer he is than... <laughs> I don't know if he's that petty. Really? Yeah. I like how, you know, we talk about today's athlete and they're way too sensitive. And here's Charles Barkley talking about Kevin Durant is so sensitive. He's got a feud going on with Michael Jordan that Charles was doing his job and saying that Mike has not done a good job as owner of the Hornets. And Michael has not talked to him in years. I mean, that is somebody who is way too sensitive. So for as tough as Mike is, when he's criticizing and jabbing everybody, he can't take it. I mean, his friendship with Barkley's over because of that. Because Charles came on this show and said, hey, you know, Mike hadn't done a good job. Mike has a lot of yes men around him. And that's what that's what Charles said. Yes, Eden. But don't you think that, like, Michael will be out with magic and he'll be like, yeah, that's right, I got one more than you. Be like, oh, what rings? No, billion. Like, okay, Michael. Yeah. Let it go. Yeah, but for all Charles Barkley, you know, Charles says that, Kevin Durant's sensitive, or, you know, all these guys nowadays. Okay. Does he say that about Michael Jordan? Jordan's overly sensitive. For a guy has, I mean, have a sense of humor. Or, you know, have the wherewithal to understand, no, I haven't done well. You're going to end a friendship? Because what Charles said was true. Maybe you just don't want your friend or former friend to say what is true and nobody else will tell you. Yeah, Paul. I think the Barkley-Jordan rift makes Jordan look really bad. And usually people like wink at Michael Jordan's negatives. It's like, oh, he's a competitor. That's just Michael being Michael. But Barkley, where, you know, when you ask him about it, I've seen him do a dozen interviews, and he tells basically the story because he answers everything. Yeah. And he doesn't harp on it, but he answers what's asked. Michael comes off really bad with this one. He because does. Barkley is the most easygoing man of the people in America. And, and Michael can't stand him? Yeah, I mean... Come on. I mean, Barkley is... Pretty easy going. For all of the, the bleep talking that Mike does, you can't do it back to him. Even when you can. and Because most of the time, Mike would just... I, and I was there at the Jim Valvano Golf Tournament. Raleigh, North... Well, Cary, North Carolina. And it's a group of us. Digger Phelps was there. 
And it was Barkley, Quinn Buckner, Jordan. Uh, Lou Holtz might have been there. It was like seven people. We just got finished playing golf. And we're having beers. We're just talking. Next thing I know, Jordan, it just snaps. And, you know, because, you know, Barkley's given Michael some grief. And we're laughing. And it it changed. All of a sudden, Mike, it's like, how many titles you got? I went, oh, boy. Charles, like, oh, you know, I, I don't got any, you know. And, yeah. And then Mike just laid into him. It changed that quickly. And I went, oh, boy. Yeah, Marv. Was this a freeze out in 1985 at the All-Star game? Was that real? Because Mike really seemed to take that person with, with Isaiah Thomas. Yes. So they really tried to freeze Mike out? Yes. Oh, okay. So I'm on Mike's side on that one. Like, you know what, Zeke? Bleep you. That thing is never going to well, that's stop. Not, that's not going to – that'll never be mended. Never. Mike will never, ever let that – he'll never go like Isaiah. Hey, you know what? Time's past this. Um, look at what happened with the Celtics with Ray Allen. That Ray decided to leave the Celtics and go to the Heat, and then they didn't want anything to do with him. Didn't want to talk to him. It was over. Friendship. Kobe dies. Shaq says what he says about Kobe that, you know what, I, I, I wasn't in contact with him. KG then, I think, reaches out to Ray and, and says, look, I don't, I don't want that to happen with us. I don't think that's going to change with Mike and Isaiah. And maybe not with Michael and uh, Charles. Yeah, Paul. Unlike Barkley, I think Isaiah enjoys the feud with Michael Jordan and dines out on him a bit because Isaiah is also prickly. And and has that smile where like I know, oh, that, that I know, smile. and I'm an Isaiah Thomas fan on and off the court, and, uh, and I, I I like his terse style sometimes, and I think you know Isaiah's the last guy to beat Michael head to head, the last guy to you know rent him, own him, whatever you want to say for a while on the court back in the NBA yeah. in the late '80s, and I think Isaiah likes that he's in his head a little bit. I know scoreboard Michael can go all day. But Isaiah, when you... But when, it feels like, you know, Isaiah it plays the victim here. Like, you know, he said those things about me, and he said that I was this. And it, Like, if, if you had the approach like Bill Lambeer, Bill Lambeer didn't care what you thought of him. Like, Isaiah, I think, cares what Mike thinks. I would just embrace it and just say, hey, Mike, live your life. I'll live my life. We're both Hall of Famers, and uh, last time we played, I won. Or something like that. But I embrace it. The, the bad boys always embrace this stuff. Always. They never apologized. Yeah, Mark. Isaiah Thomas yesterday said he wanted a public apology from Michael Jordan. You got on national TV and you called me an a-hole. <laughs> and then you said you hated me. Yeah. Now, if you didn't mean it, get on national TV. He, he did mean it. <laughs> and apologize for it. I was like, you think Mike was lying? Mike wasn't lying about hating you. Yeah. Isaiah, were you lying about freezing out Mike? Like, why were they freezing? Because you have to understand at the time, Jordan was a big deal, and he was threatening, you know, Bird and Magic, Isaiah. Isaiah's a Chicago guy, played in Detroit, the bad boys. Mike was a highlight reel. Hey, he got the shoes. Like, everything was kind of coming together that they could see the new sheriff was in town, and they didn't like it. And, you know, Isaiah largely responsible for freezing Mike out at the All-Star game. Yeah, Marv. <laughs> this thing is just so, these guys are 60, 60 plus, And it's like, so? I, I, you know what? As somebody who has a hard time letting go a good uh, grudge, feud, I get it. I respect it. But I wouldn't be asking for an apology. I mean, I would demand I would force you to give me an apology. Like, hey, just admit. Like, you screwed up, right? Okay, now we're good. Yeah, Paul. But it's almost like one of those two-sided grudges where both sides have an issue. It's like, Dan, let's say someone wronged you in 1994, and they came up and saw you at a party, and they completely apologized. You'd be like, you know what? Okay, finally. But it's almost like there's both sides this. One took, you know, Michael Jordan clearly kept Isaiah Thomas deservedly, and he was a deserved member of the Dream Team. I did this for 10 years with ESPN. I wanted them to admit what they did when I left. And it took 10 years. And it's over. But, man, I held on to it. I held on to it every day. And my wife kept saying, they got power over you. Let it go. I'm like, nope. 
they're going to admit. And then all of a sudden I sit down with people and they go, we're sorry. I said, that's it. Anybody got a grudge they want to talk about? Anything free your mind? The rest will follow. Seton, you got a grudge? I don't know. I feel like I probably used to, but I've let, I've, I've let all of those go. Okay. There was something about, like, uh, I think the process of becoming a father that just made everything mm. else seem much less important now. Mar, have you got a grudge? There was this guy I used to work with at the mothership, and if I could punch him in the face right now, oh. <laughs> I'd probably happily do it. All right. Let's play guess at executive. Okay. okay. No, it's not an executive. It's not an executive. I got no I, beef. I think, I think you brought this up before. Oh, yeah. I hate this kid. Okay. Something bad happened to him. And you're not, not too long ago. You're not given initials. Mm-mm. I was like, good. And my wife was like, really? I was like, yes, really. Dang. Wow. Bleep okay. this guy. Okay. What happened, Marv? Tell the story. <laughs> nah. <'cause, laughs> how about what a story? Happened, how about Marv? a story without the name? We. How about we take a break? Oh, that's teaseworthy. All right. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hi, this is Jay Glazer, and you may know me from the world of football or fighting or even shows like HBO's Ballers. What you don't know is for my entire life, I have lived in something I refer to as the gray, depression, anxiety. So now I'm coming out with a new podcast, Unbreakable, a mental health podcast with Jay Glazer, where each week, while we talk about mental health, I hope to describe it, give it words, Listen to Unbreakable with Jay Glazer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, Every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. What we learn, what's in store tomorrow. Last call for phone calls. Marvin is, we were talking about grudges. We were talking about Michael Jordan and Charles Barkley and Michael Jordan with Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah yesterday saying, you know, if he feels bad, he should apologize after what he said on national TV. That ain't happening. (laughs) That ain't happening. And then Marv said that he had a grudge back when he worked at the mothership 
that it, if he sees this guy, that he would have no problem punching this guy. Yes, Paul? Throwing little hands. If oh, you know what I mean. whoa. Okay. Yeah, Seton. Uh, social media has said that. Uh, does that employee feel the punch if Marvin swings <laughs> at him with those hands? <laughs> <laughs> Not missing a beat. Okay. Do you want to give us the backstory on this? No names. How much do you want to reveal about this grudge that continues to this day? It wasn't anybody else making over six figures. Shout out to all my former managers. They all show love. Scotty Shapiro put me on the board, so thank you, Scotty. Sorry. But anywho, there was this kid that was just on the same level as I was, and he was such, I mean, this this kid. Because it wasn't even like it happened to, to me per se, but it would be something like, uh, all right, somebody's late for a board shift. Instead of texting. So running the board. Yeah, running the board like, yeah. like I do now. Yeah. So say if somebody's late. Or somebody's supposed to be the assistant producer. Instead of texting them, hey, you know, you could be running late for whatever reason. Hey, you know, where are you? He would, like, call the manager. Like, oh, so-and-so's not here Oh, he yet. was a narc. Oh, my goodness. I, what a... Okay, I know you want to curse. No swearing, but... <laughs> Sorry. Okay, but this guy was a narc. Oh, big time. Okay. And... Is he still there? No. Oh, okay. Narrows it down. Okay. <laughs> no. Searching. Maybe. I mean, maybe. No, he's he's, he's not, not there. He's not there. Anymore. Okay. Will we cross paths with him at any point? We better not. Have we? No. Mm. Nah. Is this one of those? There's a scene in uh, the movie Diner where this guy has a grudge and he's held onto it for years. He sees this guy at a movie theater, <laughs> walks up and just knocks him out, and then walks away. And I think basically says he had he had that coming. And then that was it. You know what? But I probably wouldn't. You know, my mother brought this up. She's like, Marvin, you're not Marvin Prince. You're Marvin Prince of the Dan Patrick show now. Uh, so she goes, you can't bleep somebody up like you want to. Her words, exactly. You can't bleep somebody up like you want to. Right. I was like. You're protecting my brand. I like that's uh, brand management is what that is. Yes, yeah, he. That's interesting. Marvin's had this conversation with his mother in the last year about, I'm going to go rough, mess this dude up. Mm. He's like, no, 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 you can't. Mm. This is a real grudge. This is currently active. And you left ESPN a little while ago. Yeah, a few years ago. Yeah, a few hey, years Marvin, ago. Yeah. Maybe I should let it go. Yeah. I should let it go? Yes. You think it'd be easy with your hands to let anything go. Wow. Uh, <laughs> just didn't fall right out. Sorry. It always comes back to it. You know, it's funny. I'm going to be that guy in 10 years that Marvin wants to punch in the face. Hey, and he won't wait 10. Yeah. Nah. Get in line. <laughs> yeah. He'll have to get in line, too. Yeah. Grab a ticket. Yeah. <laughs> now servicing number 47. 47 here. Who wants to punch Pauling? Uh, okay. Love to see it. Uh, this day in sports history. 1987, Hulk Hogan, Dan, 11 minutes, 43 seconds to pin Andre the Giant. 93,000 at WrestleMania three in Silverdome in Pontiac, Michigan. 1988, women's Tennessee team, 39-0 to win the national title. That was the record at the time. In 1999, Wayne Gretzky of the Rangers scored his 1,072nd point goal, I should say. WHA and NHL combined, passing Gordie Howe at 1,071. All right, on this date, in 1982, Michael Jordan's jump shot gave North Carolina the win over Georgetown. Most outstanding player in the Final Four that year was... Yes, Paulie? Big game, James? James Worthy. Yes, James Worthy. Colts move out of Baltimore in the middle of the night on this day. Soft. 1984. Pretty sneaky. Yes. Thank you, Todd. Uh, <laughs> Shannon in Indiana. Hey, Shannon, what's on your mind today? What's going on, DP? Good morning, fellas. Danette. Uh, just got a question for you. If all this talk about now, they want to trade Lamar. So if you if you have to trade Lamar, doesn't he have to sign a franchise tag first before you can trade him? Yes. Yes. But he can hold out, and I, I wonder if – has he played his last game for the Ravens? And it feels like that. Let's go around the room what we learned on this award-dominated program. Todd, what would you learn today? Ben Simmons is on his way to making over $200 million, and he's a bust. Seton O'Connor. The new bases don't look like pizza boxes, Dan. According to the commissioner – Marv. I'm still mad. No, no, you got to let it go. I'm going to let it go. That's okay. what I learned. Yeah. Just let it go. Good for you. It's healthier. Just let it go. Paulie? Can't wait to see Marv throw his little hands around a little bit. 
All right. Todd, what did I learn today? Bronny James is a mid-sized guard, a good player who might be compared to former Dukies Chris Duhon or Jay Williams. I just learned that Discover credit cards do something pretty awesome. At the end of your first year, they automatically double all the cash back you've earned. Everything doubled. Trips, restaurants, doubled. How about that? See terms and check it out for yourself. Discover.com slash match. A lot of fun. Thank you. Thanks for the phone calls, emails, tweets. Once again, sign up for the newsletter. You'll get all the heads up when it comes to the uh, tailgate moonshine for next week. Have a great day, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.